This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. One, two, three, four. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. The Russian assault on the Ukraine is at the forefront of most people's minds right now, not only because it involves the suffering of Ukrainians and Russian civilians, but also because it raises global diplomatic questions. In addition, it brings attention to other conflicts that are happening around the world, including in Syria and Yemen. 20-year-old Timmy Butterbus from Hamilton is a co-founder of Rise for Lives, a youth-led movement focusing on bringing attention to the world's worst humanitarian crises. She joins us on this episode of WTS. Hi everyone, I'm Timmy Balabas and I'm 20 years old. I'm originally from Budapest, Hungary and I moved here five years ago. When I moved here, I couldn't speak any English, so it's been a journey for me, <laughs> yeah, moving to a new country. And ever since I moved here and started high school, I have been doing climate change activism, and research work activism, and human rights activism. And I have also done work in mental health, poverty, hunger direction and also generally just for the environment and for like people who are in need. So I have I have started organizations on the school, local and national and international level. Currently I am I, I work with like managing funding and staff for organizations which I have started. They are global. So to mention a few, I have I was the part of the Fight the Future movement since the start. So I was one of the first members of Fight the Future with Greta Thunberg. So I have done all the climate change protests in New Zealand, in Waikato. I have organized I was lead organizer of those protests. And I also helped coordinate nationally in the nineteenth September, which when we had like around one hundred seventy thousand people attending all over the country. And I also have to start Climate Life International. It's a global movement which uh, focuses on doing music, music events to raise awareness for climate change because we want to bring people together in a way that's positive and that gives people hope, not just negativity all the time, you know, because climate change is a very big issue. And with music, we want to empower people to take action and to have hope. So last year we had some big events in, in October. We had 30 million views online. We had Greta Thunberg performing at our event in Sweden, which had 30,000 people. And we had like, we were in New York Times, BBC, it was very big. So we feel that we made a very big difference because in Africa people could do events because of us, because we, we, we got international funding. So we were able to empower people in, global, in the global self to do all these events and to bring people together for climate change. 
And then I also started my own organization called Diet for Lives in 2020. It's a national organization, Diet for Lives, and it's youth-led or young people. We don't have any other, we don't have any other words. And we focus on organizing peace marches and peace conferences and peace educational events. This year we are going global. We have been national so far, but we are going global this year. So we're getting set up in Africa, in the United States, everywhere, and we want to organize a big global peace peace protest. That's what we are working on. So yeah, to mention a few, I'm mainly doing activism, education, and advocacy. And yeah, I work with finance, funding, management, and all that. All tracks played during this episode are by a Ukrainian folk punk quartet called Dakabaka, who are currently demanding Vladimir Putin stop the Russian attack on their country. You're involved with uh, advocacy um, against climate change. Yeah. You're available in education. You're involved in education. You're involved in finance of these organisations. You're involved in musical events. <laughs> How do you manage all this as a 20-year-old uh, who has only lived in New Zealand for five years and you didn't speak any English when you came here? Like, it would be incredible to to be able to manifest what you are? <laughs> um, I guess I just don't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer, I don't sleep much. And I just, I had to give up, I had to give up on most, many things that most young people do. Like I had to, I don't, I don't have time to party much. I don't have time to, you know, like, hang out with my friends all the time. Like I am very busy and I have to wake up at 4 a.m., sometimes at 3 a.m go to bed at like one year, you know, it's like, I had to kind of sacrifice my, I would say my younghood, like being a young person, I had to kind of give that up because that's the only way I could commit to making a difference. So I'm trying my best to make time for my social life and for my friends and for my, you know, for the young things that young people do, you know, but I struggle, like I don't have much time. So I, I would say that the only way I could do this is that I sacrifice my own fun because I care about others and I try to do all I can to help others. Mm. You're a, you're very selfless by the sound of it um, because um, yeah, as a as a young person, like you say, you're missing out the 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 life of youth. At the same time, you know, uh, you are coming across to me as a very you know youthful and vibrant person, um, but. You're involved in such intense stuff. Um, do you get um, do you get paid for a, a, a bit of it, or is it just is it mostly out of the goodness of your heart? Is it volunteer work? Um, so my situation is a bit hard because after leaving high school, I had to go on visit visa because of the government immigration laws. So because my parents don't have residency, I can't get paid at the moment. But I pay other people, so it's like. I manage people, but I can't get paid myself, which is quite sad, I would say, but I'm used to it. <laughs> but once I get residency, I will be able to get paid because I have, I can get funding. We, we get funding every year 
I mean, I managed the processes, and it's like I have the connections, so it's like as soon as I get a agency, I will be able to do it at my job. But until now, I have been doing it voluntarily. I, I can't get paid. Wow. Because of the laws. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. I just can't believe that you find the energy for it, especially with not getting much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been um, you've been involved um, on not just on a on a grassroots advocacy level, but you um, you have been to Parliament in Wellington as well, yes. and you have met uh, MPs such as Golrez Garaman, who is uh, herself uh, very involved in. Um, human rights advocacy around the world. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that? So, when I started Life for Lives, the peace movement I mentioned, so I started it in high school when I was 20 years old. I started Life for Lives because I, I have started seeing lots of news about Yemen and how 20 million people are suffering. And I started asking my friends, like, do you guys know what's happening in Yemen? Like, I was in high school and they were like, what is Yemen? I'm like, you don't know what is Yemen? <laughs> and it's like, it's the, it's the world's largest humanitarian crisis and most people don't even know the country exists. And I was like, I was trying to do research on New Zealand, like what, what movements are there for the young people to get involved in peace advocacy. And I haven't found many. And I was like, looks like there's a big, big need for this. So I started the youth-led peace movement. And that's how we started organizing like a peace march, a national peace march for Yemen in New Zealand. And it, it happened in Russia, in February last year. We had eight cities in New Zealand. We had like hundreds of attendees in, in all cities. We made, the, we made the news, we made TV and that. It was quite cool, I would say. But the way we met Goris MP is uh, we invited her to give a speech at the Bellington March for Yemen, but she wasn't available. And in short, she said that we could meet with her so we could talk about what the government can do. So the day before we had our peace march, we met with her to discuss the options of what New Zealand could do and how much more they could do to help Yemen and, you know, taking more refugees, do an in independent inquiry into the business of the New Zealand so that they don't support the crisis in Yemen. And yeah, so she's very supportive of, of what we do. And we have been keeping in touch quite often. We talk quite often about what we are doing, what we are planning and all those things. So I would say, yeah, that's how it happened. Excellent. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, and so your um, your marches are happening all over the world. You're having tangible impacts uh, in places all over the world. You mentioned Russia before. Um, are all these movements stemming from this uh, Yemen peace movement in New Zealand? Um, so we are we have been working nationally last year. Since 2020, we have been working nationally, but this year we are we are organizing events in 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 Africa, the United States, and the United Kingdom, and other countries around the world. So we are we are going global this year. We haven't we have done some events in in the in Africa last year, so like peace advocacy events, but we haven't been as global yet. So we are in the process of getting more set up globally. But definitely, we are going to do some big things this year because we have to. Looks like it. <laughs> So what enables you to um, have those global uh, impacts? Um, uh, do you have significant funding or is it mainly through the use of social media? Um, I know that would be a, an important platform, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, so basically like 
it's mainly social media is very helpful definitely because we are able to reach people we are able to like showcase things that you know most lots of people can see like even when I post something people get that would be like say can, can I get involved so social media is a very good way to get more people into action and I really appreciate that we have social media <laughs> but other than that I just uh, use my creativity like I just sometimes I'm just like let's email organizations let's find the let's be such a chick and find a way to get them involved let's email people who have like influence so they could share our work you know it's like it's it's all like depends on strategy like different you need different strategies in different situations sometimes you need money sometimes you need attention sometimes you need both of them so it all depends on what the situation is like for life for lives we have we have we have we have some funding but because we are we are expanding on a bigger scale we have needed more funding so now I'm in the process of getting more funding for the organization so we can make a bigger impact but we can only get funding if we have a very good online presence so we are we are working on stepping up our online presence so we can get more funding and make a big, bigger impact mm. yes Now, um, obviously, there are conflicts going on in uh, Yemen and Syria and other places oh, around yeah. the world, um, which um, uh, you're striving to achieve attention for. But, of course, we've got the Russo-Ukrainian conflict going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, that hits quite h close to home for you, doesn't it, being yes. a um, having come from Hungary? Yes, yes, and I also have friends in Ukraine who I had who I work with because I do I have done evacuations from Afghanistan, so I have to evacuate people from Afghanistan last year, and through that organization I had the, I made connection in Ukraine as well. So some of these like it's so sad because like just an example like I know as 18 year old girl medical student in Ukraine, she had to she had to stay in a in a metro station for like a week without like much food or much things so she had to stay in a metro station like with her friends no adults around nobody like there was nobody to protect them and she couldn't leave the metro station for like days because there were shootings around her and there were explosions and she was like if I live I die and she, it was very hard for me to like oh my goodness is this 2022? like are you serious? like mm. is there no better way to solve this? like like, so you've been hearing stories from yes. people on the ground. Yes, I have. They're having these experiences yes. of having their country attacked. Yes. Do they feel helpless or do they feel like Ukraine is putting up a stand? I guess um, nobody really wants this, like common people usually don't want war, like they don't, they just don't understand what this needs to be, like why is it happening, like they are just very, very hopeless and they are just like, you know, they are scared of for their lives and their children's lives and their futures and everything. And it's just really hard, like, I have talked to one of them, some of them and they were like, what if we die? Like, they just don't know if they're even gonna survive because if they can't get out of the country, it's just gonna get worse and worse every day. 
you know, like more and more to see like getting attacked every day. So it's like if they can't get out very soon, there is there might be no way to get out. So it's very it's a very very in very very scary moment and very very something that nobody should be nobody should face. How does it feel for the sort of work you're involved in, um, advocating for peace, for Russia, one of the militarily largest countries in the world, um, to be causing this sort of conflict? I mean, they already um, subsumed a couple of Ukrainian uh, provinces uh, in the last few years. Uh, that went down relatively peacefully, um, you know, all things considered. But um, just how does it feel to have a large former superpower um, to be stirring up trouble like this? <laughs> 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 That's funny. Um, <laughs> I would say that it was very high when I was younger. Like I started when I was 15, 16. So it was very, very hard to like, I was crying every night, like hearing these stories and seeing the news and like, you know, like having to watch people suffer and I felt very helpless and very, I felt like I have no power to make a difference for many, many, not for a long time. But, with the time, I started realizing that I actually have the power to make a difference. And as soon as I started taking action on larger scales, I started becoming more determined. Like, I was more, I'm like, I have to change this. Like, it's me. No, but it's me. It's like, if not me, then who? You know? So it's like whenever I, I start to feel hopeless or I want to cry or I want to hide, it happens a lot. But I just keep reminding myself that if I cry, it's not gonna save anybody. If I take action, it's gonna save people. So it's up to me to decide I choose sadness or I choose action. And when you have to choose action, you don't have time for sadness. Mm, that's a good philosophy. <laughs> sadness or action, if, and if you're taking action, you don't have time for sadness. Yeah. I really like that. And I suppose uh, in, in New Zealand, you're in a relatively safe uh, situation at which you still can um, strive for positive change around the world which is going to save people's lives and I mean if one person's life is saved um, uh, that that makes it all worth it doesn't it? Definitely it does How can people get involved in 
um, in the, the movements that you work with, um, uh, can they make contact on, on, on Facebook and things like that and actually um, enact, work with you to enact change? Definitely, yes. We welcome people all the time and we need more people, we need everyone. It's good, it's good that I'm working to change everything, we need everyone. So it's, we, 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 we need more people, we need everybody. Like, the world is only going to change if we all do our parts and if we all take action. One person can't move a mountain, but together we can move a mountain. So it's, it's like we all have the power and we all need to use our powers. So just like you can go on social media, you can check out our websites, you can, you know, you can even message me personally, like, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everybody, everywhere, I'm everywhere. So it's like, if you want to take action, you can find a way. Because we want, I always tell myself, when there is a way, there is a way. Mm. Mm, very good philosophy again. And I suppose, um, you know, with the likes of the climate change movement, um, and Greta Thunberg's um, advocacy for fighting climate change, uh, that is a huge, a huge battle against um, generations, really, uh, the, the people who are in power. But with um, peace advocacy, it is really by everyone, for everyone, isn't it? And you can e even just removing people's apathy and making them knowledgeable of what is going on um, can make a, a, a huge difference. Um, I mean, the climate change cause is definitely uh, worthwhile too, but um, people have um, people have more power than they know in the situation of uh, peace advocacy, don't they? Yes, they do, and I think that the issue is like with, with, with peace advocacy, like we have less less momentum and less uh, people and less media attention, usually because people don't like. People don't understand it's affecting everybody. Like if there is a war in Yemen, it's affecting you in New Zealand. Like it's not like just because it's somewhere else, it's not affecting you. Like there's economy, the country economy, you know, like pollution, like you know, people's families in New Zealand have friends in, in Ukraine or they, they have families in Ukraine. You know, it's like the world is connected, and people need to understand that it's affecting everybody. You know, it's not just an issue in Europe; it's an issue everywhere. So people need to like, for me it's just that we need to, we need people to understand that wars are not okay and that we need peace and it's only gonna be possible if everybody takes action. Not just a few people, but everybody. That's what people are becoming mindful of, I think, about the uh, Russo-Ukrainian conflict. Yes. Is that it is, um, it's very diplomatically dangerous yes. for uh, Europe and for the Middle East and ultimately for the whole world uh, and I, I, I guess that would definitely be the situation with places like Yemen and Syria as well but people haven't realised that previously because we, we hear less media coverage of those yes. conflicts um, but they are nonetheless conflict in the world which pose a risk to uh, everyone, it just so happens that the Russo-Ukrainian conflict is um uh, involving NATO and um, yes, uh, yes. and things like that, so it kind of it's scary. Yeah, it's it's really coming 
it's 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 starting to be a more, more of a hinge internationally on on diplomacy. Um, so I would hope that people, I mean, you would hope that people would realise that. Um, conflicts like Yemen and Syria are as significant as what's going on in the Ukraine right now because uh, people are dying, people are having their livelihoods destroyed, people, yes. are, people are losing their loved ones, people are losing their houses. Um, so uh, this situation with the, with the Ukrainian, uh, uh, what's going on in the Ukraine at the moment would be a way for people to become aware of war which is happening around the world. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's it's very like it's very scary because to be honest, like if any country does something bad then even it could get even worse. That you know it's like to be honest politics is very complicated and it's like we don't know. Actually, it's like we don't know what could happen next, and it's like we don't know if it's gonna get worse. And what if, like you know, we don't know if it's gonna get worse. It could be that you know, people, some countries just get angry and they do something that they didn't, you know, they didn't think so, and that it's gonna cause more problems. It's gonna kill more people. You know, it's like it's time to stand up while we can before it gets worse. We can't allow it to get worse. You know, it's in Europe, and it's like there are. Like countries like Hungary, lots of countries, like, it's like very, how to say it, it's a very, very big risk for humanity, I would say, because anything could happen and we don't know what could happen. So I would say people need to really take this seriously and speak up because we have to stop this before it gets worse. Mm -hmm. And on that subject, it's, uh, for example, Turkey are thinking of blocking the Dardanelles um, straits to prevent Russian ships from passing up and down there um, and that would effectively be Russia says that would be a declaration of war really by Turkey oh. and then Turkey is part of NATO and NATO entails that if a single member state is declared war on that is a declaration of war on the entirety of NATO so yeah, possibly scary. Russia is potentially going to be at war with NATO. Um, it's very scary, right? Yeah, and it's very, very real. I, I appreciate that that's something that your advocacy helps people realise, is that war is real, it is in our world, and it, it has a domino effect. It doesn't just, um, it doesn't just impact the countries involved in the conflict. Um. Yeah, it's um, it's very sobering, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like the thing is that we can say that it won't happen, but when it happens, we can't say we wish if we did more. You know, it's like we need to do more while we can, because when it happens, like now, if people all spoke up before it happened, it may not have happened. But people are like, it's okay, it won't, it won't happen, and you know, it's like now it's too late, and it would if it gets worse. You know, we can't really, it's very hard to stop it when it gets worse. We have to stop it before it gets worse. Um, I would just say that we would like to have everybody on board. So like, you can you can find me online, like, I'm Timmy Barabas, T-I-M-I-B-A-R-A-B-A-S. And you can find us online, it's called Lies for Lives. Yeah, thank you so much, and we all have the power to make a difference. So let's stand up together and let's do something. Let's use our powers. We are all important and we all have the power to make a difference.
Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.